Hi, I'm Tennille. And I'm Kelsey. And we're financial advisors from Allman Partners True Wealth, bringing you thought-provoking conversations around you, your money and your life on the Wealth Experience Podcast. So today we have the privilege of being joined by the well-known member of our Mackay community here in Queensland, Rowena Hardy, and also Nick Bennett from Minds Aligned. They are partners in life and business and started Minds Alive Aligned, which is a coaching and facilitation business that supports organisations and individuals. We hope that from today's conversations you find pieces of gold that you can take away with you into your personal lives and your business growth journey too. So Ro and Nick, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey. Wonderful. Um, So if you can just tell us a little bit more about your why and a little bit more about your business. I love that. You're so lovely there. Probably 17 years ago, I determined that if I was talking about leadership and I had a comfortable a car and a phone and an office provided by another business, was I really leading? And from that, um, I determined that I needed to step out and say, if I'm effective at this, it'll work. If I'm not, then I'll go back to doing something else. That's 17 years ago and we've just grown through that. Um, I was able to uh, convince Rowena to come and work with me because I couldn't do this on my own. It's quite complicated when you're setting up a business in a small business like ours in terms of managing time, clients and all of the administration. So Rowena came on board to set up all of those systems and has uh, just grown continually through that to become an amazing facilitator, a coach, uh, organiser. You guys have benefited from having conversations with her, so you know what I mean. It's about your purpose, not mine, Nick. (laughs) 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 Well, my purpose has always been to make a difference in some way. So it's about most of us want to make, want to live a meaningful life. And what I found I had some effectiveness at was helping people engage more more closely with themselves. And out of that, we've we've grown to take the business from across Australia, sometimes internationally. Um, It's been remarkable. Where we've connected with people and they've then helped us to develop. So that's probably a little bit like my why. It's kind of like the the business has become an extension of yourselves and and become, become its own yeah. its own being as well, hasn't it? That's a lovely way to look at it, Tanil. Yeah, you're right. It's you know, what's within us. So we're the same people at home as we are at work and in every conversation, really. I think. Oh, well, and it's true. When you have your own business, it needs to be a reflection of you. And that's when it works well because if it's something that you've got a skill to do, it's not just your skill, it's about who you are as a person. So that's what comes out and that's what people are attracted to and appealing, appeal to. Mm. Um, my why, essentially, keeping it really simple, it why is about purpose. But my why is my purpose, right? Living a life of purpose and being on purpose all the time. So really not necessarily always at work, but all the time. So... Um, it's, it's come from a variety, me doing a variety of things over time. But if I look back, it's always been my purpose has been of service to people, um, which we all are at some level. Mm. You know, whether we're paid for it or not, we're of, of service to people. So I see it very much as being that. And, and our company now, our business now, is very much about that. It's um, I feel very much on purpose all the time. So going back to what we were saying, I feel that my you know business and life are very aligned in that p- perspective. And then I'm always of service to other people. Sometimes, you know, it's a very specific purpose. Sometimes it's just being there for people, allowing them the space to talk, you know, freely. 
no judgment, confidential, and that's probably the most important part. And I think we've both found or we've come to discover, perhaps through other people, there's aspects of what we do that we do really well. And I think once you find that, that becomes essentially who you are and that's what people seek you out for. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And even the name of the business, Minds Aligned, is sort of multi-layered really. It's about helping teams come together and aligning their thinking and their focus and their purpose. And uh, or businesses or organisations, we work at all levels, but it's also about the individual, helping them to get their true state and perhaps purpose identified and that sets tone and direction for them going forward, aligning their minds. Mm, absolutely. Mm. And it must be amazing the amount of people that you see and you come across in businesses that they're not aligned or, you know, they're not following a purpose and they haven't got to the to the root of everything that could be the, the stumbling block in, in making that successful next step. I'd say essentially everybody we work with at an individual level is looking for that, mm. um, perhaps overcomplicating it um, in terms of finding their purpose because if, if you just bring it back really to simplicity, but... In terms of the other part of minds aligned, which links into the individual approach, is that, you know, you probably heard talk about the conscious mind, the unconscious mind. It's also, I see it as being a higher conscious, that wisdom that comes from externally to us somehow, and we all have a different version of that potentially. But when those three essentially are aligned, that you're using them all in the way they're intended to, that's when you really find yourself, your true self, and, and then you can stay true to that, the essence, as I call it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've heard you speak before about you know, the heart self and whatnot. When when you have people that are coming to you saying, well, I, I might be having struggles trying to find an organisation that really aligns with me, um, do you have this belief that it's a law of attraction there or what, what steps do people can people take to try and find something that really suits them? Uh, I, th- I tend to see it the other way around. Well, I don't call it law of attraction necessarily. I think there's a magnetic pull, let me put it that way, for us to be in certain businesses at certain times, as much as it is to be in partnership with somebody at certain times, relationships and such. So I think maybe, is it the organisation that appeals to us or is it us that should be in that organisation for us to learn or for them to learn? So (laughs) Mm. which way around is it? Because it could be either really and it could be just part of an overall plan, a plan that you're either putting in place yourself or an overall plan that you kind of, certainly in my case, there was no plan, right? So I've ended up where I am which is great, and, and I kind of feel it's where I'm supposed to be, but it was very haphazard. So, But along the way, uh, I clearly, looking back, added value wherever I was. Did I intend to be there? No. Did I choose to be there? No. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it necessarily happens that way. I think you, you, the opportunities come up and you take them or you don't, and then you learn from what that opportunity offers. And sometimes that's a really fast learning curve because it's incredibly painful, and other times it's really valuable and enjoyable and everything else. But I, I think it, it's... It, it's kind of a bit of both, perhaps, but I, I, I would probably go against the sort of you're bringing it to you. I think it's that you're moved along and, and opportunities come up. That's mm. the way I would explain it. It's kind of like that situation where you have opportunity meeting preparedness. Yeah, for sure. Or sometimes unpreparedness. going to say the same. And you step into that opportunity with fear and some anxiety and yeah. find later that it was absolutely the right thing to do. Mm. There's, a, there's a lovely statement that says... Um, We can only grow on the edge of our discomfort. We can only change on the edge of our discomfort. Mm. And I think it's being willing to be uncomfortable to find, to expand and grow and develop uh, yourself or others. Absolutely. I think that's very, very true. And just on the topic of personal and professional growth, what are some of the top areas, the top three areas perhaps that you see that you think require some attention that you see quite often? 
Is that where you're talking more about, yeah, pers- personal growth and, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. just with those two, thinking about that they mm. overlap. Well, mm. I think the first thing you start with is you. Mm. you. You can't develop, I mean, you can develop professionally, but it's it's definitely not l- aligned to purpose until you know exactly who you are and how, how you are. And, and I think there's a lot of um, uh, the thought of knowing yourself and loving yourself for who you are, accepting yourself for who you are, mm-hmm allows you then to move into a different uh, frame or state when you're dealing with others. We've all done things. We all have a, a story. We've all had a journey. And when we stop listening to the negatives that happen in our head, because there's uh, Susan Scott in her book, um, is it Fierce Conversations? It's in one of her books. Yeah. She said, um, I'm always having a conversation with myself. Sometimes it includes other people. <laughs> We were just talking about this the other day because I saw myself on camera having a conversation with myself out loud. Who <laughs> <laughs> does that? Yes, I do. I do. I definitely talk to myself as Ro calls me Mr Mumbles and wandering around the garden <laughs> and talking about it. But it's that thing that says, uh, if I know myself, then I can truly know others because I'm no longer fighting myself. I'm accepting who I am and then I can go out and be engaging fully with others. And I think that's that's what helps to build a team or a successful organisation or or high performance, and it's it's first you, mm. then others, and stepping away from. I know this is Ro and I don't have much difference in this, but it's stepping away from judgment of self and others, which really allows you to open up the conversation a very very different way. And then the last one is come to your heart. Your heart will never lie, and if you start conversing with that, and listening to it as difficult as that can be sometimes, because it'll go against what's happening in your head. Once you link to that, um, I think the path becomes a lot simpler and a lot clearer. Yeah, and a lot less friction along the way of that, that journey, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and your values come through that. You, you, you find your value set once you start anchoring here mm. because then you know wh- what will you compromise or not. You're no longer confused by what's happening outside of you. So, you know, purpose, self, uh, uh, understand your heart-based behaviour, your values, and then engage with others openly. Mm. Mine are very similar. Actually, the first one I had was understand and develop self and others, based very much on what Nick was saying, and that alignment between what your head's telling you and what your heart says um, is also very important. But my second one was be clear and effective in all communication. Um, You know, it it can derail us so quickly. That's the self-communication as much as anything else (laughs) as Nick was talking about. So we need to start with ourselves and do it from a very caring, effective, loving approach, respectful approach as well. and my third one was to be open to continuous le- development and growth because anything else is we're just stuck. Um, and there's, it's n- you're never too old to stop learning. You know, they've done so much more research in terms of all sorts of um, aspects of ageing, how keeping you active, keeping your brain active, so mind, body active as long as possible, you know, encourages a much healthier ageing process. Mm. Um, so I think that, that starts very young. We, we know we're learning from the time we get here and it should, should never have to stop. Our brain can well keep up and our body can as well if we just you know look after it well. So that's the three main things. And I don't see a personal professional being any different. I've talked before about it being a bit of an infinity symbol. Um, you know, you work on one side and the other one benefits, whichever way around it is. Um, and that can work positively and negatively. So if something's happening at home, which is upsetting you, challenging you, it can have an impact on your work and vice versa, but also from a positive perspective as well. 
Absolutely. And I like how you touched on the communication because it's so important, you know, in business and with your co-workers and your clients and also in your family life with your partners and, <laughs> and, and your kids. Um, but humans are notoriously bad at it. For sure. Um, you know, and oftentimes you can say things that it's come out wrong or you're, you're misunderstood. You know, how do we get better? I think it's really the starting point of going, how do I communicate better? Well, first, <coughs> communicating with clear intention, which means sometimes you've got to step back and have a pause and think about how do I want this message to be received if we're bringing it to that. The other, I think, really is, as Rose said, bring curiosity. I think this, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm no guru, believe me. I'm, I'm learning as I go, but... There are four things. There's compassion, curiosity, courage, and care. And four C's. Four C's. <laughs> That's right. And they're easy to remember. Four yeah. four C's. <laughs> courage, compassion, curiosity, and care. Now, if you approach yourself and others through those, uh, what could go wrong? And if you're prepared to apologise, if you've, if you've got the message wrong, and, and you can stop and say, that's not what I intended, and I apologise, I come back, and here's where it was coming from. Here's how I was in the moment. Most people respond well to that. What we do is we will rationalise and justify why what I've said is okay, and but we're looking at that through our ego. We're not looking at that through uh, how the impact on somebody else. So intentional communication is, is practised. Mm. Courage, curiosity, care and compassion. Mm. And we've all done that at times, haven't we? Said something and uh, maybe my intention's different than the way that's being perceived. Uh, so I'd like those four C's. And perception is reality. It's not mm -hmm. not what I'm saying. It's how are you receiving this? And I need to check in with you. And quite often we don't do that. We don't say, look, I'm, I, what I'd say to people, for me, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed here. Tell me what you think I've just said. Because I'm learning as I go. You know, this is this is an imperfect uh, environment. I'm an imperfect person. I have meaning that I want to convey, but how am I doing that? And so I need to ensure people are getting the message I intend. Mm. Yeah. And that can be, you know, sometimes it needs to be quite uh, honest for people to really go, oh, there are things that, that they need to change and become aware of in terms of their behaviour. But I do it from courage, curiosity, compassion and care. Mm, so remo you're removing that avoidance factor as well and saying sometimes <coughs> those conversations are necessary. What happens when you avoid things? Mm -hmm. They don't get any better, right? Sweep it under the rug. The, the, the conversation in your head carries on. Mm. And uh, then you start rationalising, justify why you're not going to actually deal with that and what that person is, and we start putting a finger at them rather than go, hang on, I've got to own this. This is this is about me. Mm. Yeah, you've got to be prepared to be vulnerable then, really, yeah. and, and open and true to who you are. Auth authenticity mm. is, is absolutely critical, and, yeah, and sometimes vulnerability is a scary place to operate from, right? Mm. Yeah. And I suppose that women and women and men are obviously different, right? Um, <laughs> and women may have some different struggles than what men do. So, um, particular particularly with the feelings of um, maybe feeling more more emotionally attached to something, not being heard, um, or being told to control their emotions a bit. Um, Ro, can you give any <laughs> any advice to the women out there about um, how to come to a communication and get the message across that they they want, particularly where you're dealing with men who might be a bit more logical um, in that. Let's maybe, maybe they are. We had generalised. So my quizzical expression. Um, interesting. I was going to add to what Nick had said to start with is that the 101 of communication is we're all human yeah. and therefore perfectly imperfect <laughs> and therefore we do get it wrong. And as Nick said, the ability to 
correct it, apologise and, you know, we've said it already so we can't take it back. However, to re reinterpret, re, you know, reproduce what we said is a really good first stop. Um, the reason why things come out wrong so much of the time is it's loaded with emotion to start with. An emotion doesn't exist outside us. It's part of what we add to something. And we add it to what we think is happening in the situation based on our past experience. That's a, a much bigger topic and we could go on for hours about communication. We're not going to. <laughs> um, so uh, emotions and feelings are two different things in the context of this, I believe. Because feeling is a physiological f sign from the body of something happening. And an emotion is something which is much more constructed. Yeah. So are women more emotional? They, uh, for me, they demonstrate it differently. They're probably more in, in. If you come back to basics or you know traditional roles, I suppose, and, and eons ago, we were always as women the nurturers, looking after family, caring, and therefore we had to be more empathetic and you know raising our young and everything else. And the men had more hunter gathering, so they had a purpose: they get out there, do it, you know, make it happen, kind of thing. And there is still aspects of that for sure, but also remember that women have a totally different set of cycles that they go through. Um, and therefore, our hormonal cycles change. Our, you know, our background information in terms of what's happening in our life changes. We have, we still have quite traditional roles. So, you know, it's um, whereas it's only still relatively recently that women have come into the workforce in a major way, and a lot of women have gone into very um, traditionally male environments. So we're learning. We're still learning, and it's it's really relatively new. So. Is it emotion or is it that we get passionate about things? Um, I think it's seen as emotion by some. Um, I guess overall, in terms of strategy or a way to be seen differently, is it's, it can be very easy in some situations, some environments, to communicate either from a passive situation or an aggressive situation, whereas we just need to be more assertive in, in terms of our communication style and to be seen and heard that way. In other words, yes, reflect on what it is you want to say. And it also depends, you know, partly if, if you go with this kind of thing on, on behaviour and personality and all those other things that sit behind it. It doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all because we can all adapt and be flexible and all those things. So it's more to do, I think, with in terms of your role, um, what you represent within the company, who are you working with, what's the style of communication and adapting to that. And recognizing that what is what is it that's about in happening in the situation that might be triggering an emotional response, and how can you then start to recognize if there's a regular trigger, and what is it that's doing that, and then how to adapt it and and recognize that to, somehow to not let that trigger you, but still say what you need to say, and that might be something as simple as, you know, adding something to an agenda, so you actually have the opportunity to say something and add something in, if that's a few pointers there anyway. It's interesting. There's some writing about <clears throat> when women are being assertive, uh, men see that as aggression. Mm. And you go, well, actually, they're just asserting themselves or they're being seen as being emotional. The fact is they're just putting their message through. And uh, the fact that in some cases, and not all by any means, that men aren't tuned into the fact that women are different. It's... Um, you know, there are some amazing men doing incredible things, um, very balanced, very uh, open-hearted and um, in great relationships with themselves and with their partners, their wives, their girlfriends. Mm. So it's an interesting question to ask, you know, that um, are they perceived as being emotional when essentially it's just something that they've got meaning behind, they want to be heard. So how do we help that happen? I think it's important. 
And do you have um, do you have advice for men that might be in in roles where they're uh, you know as Ro was saying, there's a lot of a lot of areas that were typically male dominated in the workforce, um, and it might be relatively new to have um, a, a, a lot more women in the workforce now. Do you have any advice to them of, of how to how to connect in a in a different way um, than being around a maybe a boardroom or a, or a or a workshop with their ma- male friends. Well, I think it's interesting. Every environment's different. Um, what you sometimes what you get is generational difference. Mm. With a lot of younger um, people that I work with on various in various companies, there is no issue. There is, you know, they're respectful. They understand. They're just different. They, they uh, diversity is accepted. Mm. So whether it's gender or or um, cultural or whatever that difference is, it's they're open to that because that's what they've grown up with. Some of the more challenging environments are where you've got perhaps older men who are still in a paradigm of, as Roe was saying, more traditional roles mm. and um, appreciating that um, whoever comes in, whatever that diversity is, offers something different, a different perspective. So, it, again, coming back to being curious, what I suggest to people is just stop and listen for a while ask a decent question of a person so you can understand who they are and how they operate. Relationships, once they're formed, it's very difficult to, to throw uh, stones at a person, you know, because uh, often we'll say, well, I don't like that person. Do you know them? No. Mm-hmm. And so we'll spend some time just get to have a conversation and find out who they are. And that's often the way we work into organisations is putting people together and finding out what their story is. Yeah, And so much of the perception of what's being communicated, how it's being communicated comes from the person listening to it. Yep. So depending on their whole frame of reference, they may think it's inappropriate for women to say anything, for example, <laughs> let alone from an assertive, and as Nick says, then being seen as an aggressive standpoint or not saying anything at all, being too timid. Mm. Um, but our, our female behaviour might adapt itself in, in the presence of that kind of behaviour too. So I think we need to be very steady in who we are so it comes back to knowing who we are, being steady in who we are and and having something important to bring and bring it in the way that it needs to be. And what you do there is you start shaping the standards in an organisation of acceptance and, uh, you know, what will you tolerate or not tolerate and having those very clear boundaries around what's acceptable behaviour and what's not. Mm. And if you're in an organisation using systems and processes and conversation to help the person understand that that isn't acceptable or that is and, and thank them for it. Yeah. I think we're, we're probably in this environment now. There's a bit of a shift in the way that people do business, and there's a lot more obviously based on what we're saying too. Involvement of who you are as a per- person, purpose, values, being vulnerable. These things, you know, 50 years ago was quite strange to be talking about in terms of a, a business context. Um, so we're probably seeing the the role of a leader into the future changing, and that's where you guys come in and do some brilliant work in evolving um, in that space. But what do you see as the future role of a leader? with this shift in the way that things are done and being a bit more human? I think, well, if I may, for me it's facilitating and coaching. So facilitating the uh, team that you're with and helping them to bring their absolute best. So it's not controlling. It's actually more about creating collaborative environments where people can come and go as they need to and share their best and get the best from that team. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's all the systems stuff is about, you know, understanding what we're here to do, uh, know the systems in terms of how do we have performance conversations, et cetera, et cetera, you know, all that systemic stuff. But then it's actually what do you bring 
uh, as a leader in terms of your approach and attitude. And I think it's being open to facilitate and and not having your ego get in the way just because you want things to work a certain way, which can happen. Mm, yeah. And I think people can sometimes self-justify. There's lots of tools out there such as, you know, Maya Briggs and it tells you what your personality type and makes certain traits be, you know, well, that's okay because that's who I am. Yeah, but does that make it okay to exactly. actually behave in that way, right? Exactly right. So is there anything that you guys have come across that's been really powerful moving into this new space of, you know, what leadership is and um, personal growth and, and development outside of, you know, the Maya Briggs and the Gallup Strength Advisor? And not to say that they're, you know, could be well, disregarded, they're, they're still great. But is there anything else that kind of expands on that a little bit more that you found works really well? A couple of things for me, and I'll, I know Rose has got something to add to this most certainly. To me, is get a common set of values and a shared vision and understand why that business or that team exists. What are we here to contribute? And have those conversations and understand the boundaries around behaviour. What do we expect of each other? What will we not accept? Get that stuff set up. That is the framework for operating. And then as you go into it, there's opportunities then to use amazing tools. I talked about um, the Strength Finder and uh, Myers-Briggs. The one that we... um, and we use those, but also the thing called heart styles. And heart styles has been quite a remarkable discovery for people as they've gone through uh, using it, exposing themselves to themselves and uh, getting feedback, direct feedback from others um, on the impact of their behaviour. So then there's a great conversation to be had about why that, what's happening, what are the needs that you've got that feed into this behaviour and helping people become more aware. Absolutely. I agree about heart styles. It's been very powerful as long as as well as all the other things. But um, I think along with all those tools, those pe- tools you were previously talking about, they're just a very small glimpse into part of who we are. They're not who we are overall. Yeah. Um, and like anything, it's one thing to do them and go, I'm this, that, or the other, box ourselves in, call ourselves X, Y, Z. But how are you applying it? And to me, that comes back to that leadership question you had. So for me, leadership is and always will be about people first. It's not about the task. It's not about um, systems that Nick's was saying. You, you make sure those systems are in place and they're there to support people. Primarily, it's about the people who work with you, the relationships you build with them, allowing them to develop and grow, helping them build confidence and competence in their role, uh, being there, being visible, being supportive, challenging when you need to, constructive feedback all the way through, open communication, you know, very effective. Um, and so many other aspects to take yourself out of the equation, like Nick was saying, take the ego out of it. You're a leader. You don't have to be front line, but always acknowledging, you know, what's what's working and um, supporting them to do things differently. So I think HeartStars is very good at that because it, it brings it down to a kind of a character build, a character development, behavioural style, um, which is very um, accessible for people. People recognise where they are and it also kind of brings to the fore the fact that, we're, as I was saying earlier, we're human. So a lot of the behaviours we demonstrate which are really ineffective are very human too. So we all go there. So it's not like you say, oh, I never do that. It's actually us saying, yeah, I do do it and that's where I go off and this is where I am right now. So I think, you know, those those are very key. But for a leader to be almost, not not, not, not to say invisible, because you actually need to be visible as a leader, um, but to be invisible to the extent that you know, it doesn't require you. you. You have your people well-skilled and um, working well together to be able to produce what they need to produce. Um, there's something else I was going to say. The other thing I really like um, as a model for leadership is situational leadership. So Nick was talking about facilitation and coaching. But it's essentially, it's, it's understand your people so well 
that you know where they are in relation to what they need of you. So it could be they need the coaching and they might need just supporting, they might need de delegating to, they might just be, you might be very directive with them. They're all really appropriate styles at different times, but it's not a one size fits all. I think for leaders that's so important. Mm -hmm. I like um, that idea of situational leadership because yeah. you're, you're saying I'm, I'm removing myself from the need to have systems and processes that dictate what I'm doing and when I'm doing that and with who I'm doing that with. Exactly. Because no, of all the... Sorry, it's based on the need of the person. Yeah. So we talk about their confidence and their competence. Yeah. So your role initially is to develop their confidence to make decisions and take action and then observing them through that, you coach or then support or you delegate, mm. depending on the situation. So situational leadership's a really, really lovely... So, I mean, as you probably both recall, when you first went into what you do, you know, we don't know what we don't know and therefore we kind of go in there kind of going, oh, this looks really exciting and fun and everything else and you go, oh, my goodness, there's so much to know. Um, and <laughs> then you're looking for people to tell you what to do. You really need it. Um, but, but sometimes people use the totally wrong style and it can be very difficult for the person starting. So I think, you know, it, it's understanding who needs what and when because you'll have different levels in your team, different people needing different things from you at different times. So I, I really like that as a style. It's, it's out there for people to look at, situational leadership. Mm. Yeah, those are, again... Um, if you want a high-performing team, focus on the individual. What do they need from you in the situation in which they find themselves based on their confidence and their competence? Mm. I think there's some, some really good tips in there for um, for business owners and for leaders in businesses as well. Um, but as we know, things things are not always rosy. They can be very challenging. <laughs> um, would you mind, and, and you've got a very successful business in Minds Align that you've, that you've formed over the 17 years, as you, as you mentioned, and you work incredibly well together and separately. Um, would you mind sharing with us a challenge that you might have faced in the last 17 years, whether, whether professionally, rather personally, and, and some learnings <laughs> from that? <laughs> Which one would you like to know about? <laughs> um. Take it wherever you like, bro. <laughs> We're looking at each other thinking, what's the other person going well, to say here? Yes, we see what Nick has. The thing is I've put Rowena through a lot from a personal perspective because of what's happened to me. Uh, and professionally, I think if I was to think about the business was we were tied to a particular um, target market at, for, for a few years and it was a realisation that if we don't uh, broaden our market base broaden our business opportunities, we will go down if this market goes away. And it wasn't that clinical, but that was the, f the fear. And mm -hmm. so through some amazing uh, networking and relationship building, we expanded our business, which now has grown well beyond what was you know, the resource sector, obviously, with a lot of companies in Mackay have a, had a strong basis in, to go well beyond the borders of Queensland, well beyond the borders of Australia and engaging with businesses at an international level. So that was a fear. The more personal stuff, well, there's a list. <laughs> I've had heart attacks, I've had various uh, experiences. You know, we were up at PNG, obviously. I, people wouldn't know, but it's 10 years this year when we were attacked on the Black Cat track. That in itself put a shock through the business because the business is Rowena and I. Now, I wasn't functioning particularly well for nearly 18 months. I was still doing work, and, and, but Rowena was carrying all of it. And, and that has a real I I impact. And when I had you know, a major heart attack, and I, she was standing beside me. When I left, I died. And um, <laughs> that she was still there when I woke up was a good thing. <laughs> 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 you know, it's... Um, 
it's difficult to describe. I mean, I can talk about the experience that I had, but the impact on Rowena, uh, you know, it's. Um, I think it's it certainly helped her to make sure she's defining who she is and focusing on what is important for her. And my job as her partner, her husband, you know, uh, her, her love is to actually help her become the best version of herself that she could be. And I know she does that for me. Mm. You couldn't get better than that, right? Mm. So we work together, we live together, we love each other. And uh, you know, while I've made joke about being an ageing hippie, um, the fact is that uh, our life is fairly complete in that regard, I think, right? <laughs> That's my perception. <laughs> Well, there's always more, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's true what Nick's saying. I mean, the challenge for me was was leaving a full-time job, which I'd, I'd done since I was young, since I was 17, essentially, um, and leaving that, you know, full-pay, nine-to-five job and going, there's nothing. You, you, have, to, you have to bring our own income in, um, which was scary to begin with. It did take me a while to totally fully invest in our own company. That was probably a challenge for Nick at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he kept encouraging me because he knew he needed me. And since then, I've become the chief executive of everything, as he was <laughs> describing <laughs> earlier. Everything, including having to do my frontline work with him on my own and do everything else in the backside, back, background. But that was good. But as with all challenges, it, as you grow, which is what Nick was saying, and yeah, he's, he's perfectly correct, is that the challenge for him is getting through, working through why he had those heart attacks, you know, all those things he has to, you know, sit with, as well as the chemo he was on for 12 months and didn't mention, which he was still working through, which was amazing in itself. So that was a challenge too. But <clears throat> And also <clears throat> sort of family stuff that we've both been through as well. But the fact is every challenge makes you stronger. So, yes, it, what it did was it kind of dragged me from the background of the business to the front line, which is never where I wanted to be. I don't like being in front and centre particularly. <laughs> But I've, I've learned to be okay with it because that's what life throws at you. And life, for me, in my own philosophy is that life throws things at you and you get through them. Um, and you grow from the, from the experience of it. Would you have chosen to go in there? Absolutely not. Would I have chosen that to happen to Nick? Absolutely not. But the fact is, it's changed him and it's shifted me and it's shifted the business. And I think what it demonstrates is that over time, so 17 years on, We've had to be flexible, nimble, agile. You know, we lost a whole, we lost six months with a business when COVID came, like everybody else did, and we've had to work our way through that. The one thing I think which has helped us to do that and adapt, and and as, and it's and it's probably restricted us to some somewhat, but it hasn't bothered us. Is that we always said we wouldn't employ anybody, <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't. I mean, and that, that makes it tough some days. Um, but the fact is, it means that we feel that we can, because we, we work well together and we, as, as you guys know, we're not the same people. You can tell it by even listening to us, we're not the same people. Therefore, we're like a bit like a yin and yang. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're opposites of each other to a certain extent, but we complete a whole. So I think that's what's been the challenge, but also the delight of it is that finding our way to where we are now um, with all its challenges, not just in business terms, but behind the scenes as well has been huge, but it's we've both grown phenomenally through it, which and I wouldn't change a thing. And it comes back to the story of how we met, and you know that's that's like a true romance story. And and when you've got those things happening, and you're in these moments in time where bang, the universe gives you these these opportunities to learn. As we go through all of this, we develop you know um, a real understanding of ourselves. But then I think through all of these experiences, we develop a powerful resilience. So you know these crises that occur to all of us. You know we're just we're just a normal story, just like so many people out there. Everyone has a story, and if we can learn to accommodate the events 
and grow through and look for the growth through them, we can become, you know, the world becomes an amazing place for all of us. And so it makes it makes us, well, it's not makes us better. It, it, it shapes and changes the way we approach how we work as well and interact with people because it doesn't have to, no challenge in life has to define you, um, but it can certainly um, shape you. Mm. It's like, right, right, you know, these are chapters in a story, they're not the whole book. So if people can get their head around that, it's, this is just a chapter. And time will pass and I'll be writing another chapter and then I'll write another chapter and I'll go beyond that. Mm. And eventually at some point the book is done and then so are you. So, you know, enjoy the writing as you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for sharing those challenges with us because mm. I think um, what's amazing about uh, about your sharings is that everybody has a unique situation and, and um, whether that's personally, professionally, in a business um, that you're working on or in, um, but there's some universal truths that come through, and that is that we've got big uh, moments, or they might be small moments, that um, the fear can set in, and you ha- something has to change, something has to be done differently, the c- maybe the control factor's been taken away from you for a time, um, and there's decision points that come up for everybody. But I love that um, it's very clear that you have an incredible relationship um, and work very well together, uh, personally and professionally, uh, but what's what's amazing there too is that if we can bring some of that love into our into our working environment, uh, that and that comes in the form of those relationships, relationship building, communicating with people, actually truly appreciating people for who they are. Uh, I think it makes those challenges easier because there's somebody else that you can lean on there's probably a yang to your yin in your business (laughs) um and just like everybody would have that somewhere that they might be able to find that balance so thank you for for sharing that i really appreciate that thank you welcome (laughs) thank you very much now um kelsey i just want to see if you have any other questions or i might i might wrap up otherwise no no just to to second what tanil had said i think we really appreciate you guys i think you practice what you preach and everything that you probably is the best qualities in a leader and you know being a good person in life you shine that through in all the conversations that we have every single time so thank you for that because I think in some ways you guys being yourselves helps us be a better version of ourselves I think we always come away from that and go oh wow that's that's really powerful and they was really vulnerable but we really appreciate them for that too and (laughs) we always learn a lot so thank you thank you very much thanks for the invitation really enjoyed it thank you absolutely we've been doing a lot of work with Nick and Roe over time and um and it's wonderful for our listeners to to hear about this a little bit more and and get to experience your breadth of knowledge and your love um for anybody that is listening and is a business owner uh, minds aligned doing wonderful job here uh, not just locally in Mackay. so feel free to reach out if you have any questions thanks for listening thank you the opinions of the presenters are objectively ascertainable and are not intended to be financial product or personal advice 